0: Courage is not the absence of fear, it is the presence of spiritual strength. Courage is not the absence of fear, it's okay to feel that fear. Courage is having spiritual strength in the midst of that fear. Welcome to the Intertwined Life Podcast. I am your host, Jenny Zentz. I am a wife and a mom on a mission. I've got a passion to help women discover practical ways to apply the power of God's Word to our everyday stuff. I truly believe that our walks with the Lord should be seamlessly intertwined with our everyday lives. It should affect every move we make and every breath we take. So come on, let's do life together. You've got this, because He's got you. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Intertwined Life Podcast. I am excited to bring you today's episode. So I had the privilege of bringing the Sunday morning message at my church, Rock Harbor Church, Florida, uh, back in May. And we had been wrapping up a series that our pastor had been doing called Tough as Nails. And it was all about people from the scripture and from a more modern day who stood so strong in the face of so many Fiery trials, like unbelievable stuff, right? We've all heard the stories of martyrs who gave it all and who stood strong even when they were facing the ultimate persecution for their faith. And it's inspiring and it's encouraging, but then sometimes we see them as otherworldly almost, right? Like supernatural strength. Well, you know what? They do have supernatural strength, but it's not because of who they are. It's because of who they have their faith in. And so in this message, I talked about getting rooted and strengthening our faith walk. And basically how can we everyday ordinary people have that kind of faith and courage and strength? So in this message, it is all about encouraging you to realize It's not about us. It is not about us being strong enough, good enough, brave enough. It is about us showing up and putting our faith in our God. And he gives us that power and that strength when we need it. And so I hope you'll find encouragement here. I hope you will feel invigorated in your faith. I hope you will feel excited and renewed and refreshed. I hope you're having a great summer. Don't forget. Every episode of this podcast is like a Bible study. You can click on the show notes and every single scripture that I reference, and there are many in this episode, every scripture is linked in the show notes on my website. So if you go to the notes, you click on that, you'll be able to go through every scripture that I bring up. Go through it slowly. Take your time. Go through one a week. Memorize these. These scripture have power power and transformation as all of the scripture, all of the word of God does because the Bible is alive and it is active and it accomplishes what God sends it out to do. So before I start preaching again, let me just send you straight to this message. Hope you enjoy it. Let's talk this morning about how we can be tough as nails. So the first thing we need to know is what is courage? What is courage? So Webster's Dictionary, defines courage as mental or moral strength to withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Oxford says it's the ability to do something that frightens one, strength in the face of pain or grief. You see, courage is not the absence of fear. It is the presence of spiritual strength. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's okay to feel that fear. Courage Is having spiritual strength in the midst of that fear. Courage does not mean having no fear, it means deciding to stand firm even when you are afraid. One phrase the Lord gave me years ago, I say over and over again, is sometimes we have to stand on what we know regardless of how we feel, but what we have to know is the Word of God for ourselves or else when the hard times come we have nothing to stand on. So." get ready. Are we ready? We're going to do something that I like to call fill our arsenal, okay? When you hit those hard times, you can run to the Bible and try to find a scripture to fit your moment, but it's really hard. It's much harder. If in the times, our everyday life, we can make a habit of getting in the Word of God and just showing up, His Word, when we get in the Word, the Word gets into us, and then when those hard times come, that living water that has been stored up in our soul will come out as a response to those pressures of the world. Okay, so let's fill our arsenal this morning. All right, here we go. Get perspective. There's four things I'm gonna tell you that we need to do to have this kind of courage and boldness. One is to get a shorter table because I'm like, really? This is hard. So is a little distracting. Sorry. Kevin and I are working on that. Okay, so thing we're going to do is we're going to get perspective. That second song today, Ashley, was so spot on, and we didn't even talk about what I was doing and what they were doing. Kevin, likes he can coordinate that. I'm just like, no, I just, it's too much. I can't do it. It was amazing because that spoke so much about this. I'm going to read to you 1 Samuel 17. Ooh, I love this story all right i'm going to read 33-37 through 37, and then i'm going to skip to 41-48 through 48. so here we go this is when david comes and he hears the philistine goliath and david's like 12 years old guys okay so check this out ish don't quote me exactly okay all right and saul said to david well david said to saul let no man's heart fail because of this philistine your servant will go and fight with him and he's talking about himself like You guys know my son Holden. I can see Holden having this kind of bravery. Let me at him. (laughs) You look like, what? And so Saul said to David, you are not able to go and fight against this Philistine. You're only an adolescent and he has been a warrior from his youth. And David said to Saul, your servant kept his father's sheep. And when there came a lion or again a bear and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it. I smote it and I delivered that lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard, and I smote it, and I killed it. Your servant killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Guys, when you read scripture, you have to read it with attitude, just in case you didn't know that. Be sure you read it with attitude. There's a lot more fun to it. David said... The Lord who delivered me out of the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. And now we're going to go over to verse 41. Then the Philistine came, and he drew near to David. The man bore a shield going before him. The men bore shields going before him. And the Philistine, when he looked around and he saw David, he scorned and he despised him, for he was but an adolescent. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you should come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And then David, 12-year-old David, maybe my height, right? Without the heels. Goliath, nine feet tall. David looks up and he says, You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the ranks of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will smite you and cut off your head, and I will give it your corpse to the armies of the Philistines. This day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel." And all this assembly shall know the Lord saves not with the sword and the spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. And the Philistine came towards forward to meet David. David, catch this, ran quickly to the battle line. David ran quickly. He saw his giant coming. But because he was so stirred up in the spirit, he knew his God. He ran quickly. David got perspective as the giant came to him. He got perspective by remembering the past, remembering the past victories he had had. Not only did he speak out loud of his mouth the past victories he had had, but he gave credit to God for those victories, right? In uh, 2 Peter 1.13, Paul told Timothy that it was his aim to stir him up. If you don't notice, I, if you ever wonder, what does it mean to stir people up? It's, it's this, what I'm doing right now. I am so stirred up right now, okay? I am stirred up with the word of God because it is exciting. So Paul told Timothy that his hope was to stir him up with the truths that he knew. To stir them up, you have to have remembrance. Remembrance is key. And then after David got that perspective, he remembered what God had done. He ran to the battle line. Not because of his own strength, but because of the strength he was standing on. If we look at Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Psalm 123, 1 says, Lift your eyes or I lift up my eyes to you who sits enthroned in heaven. That was a choice. In the midst of facing tough times, we have to choose to lift our eyes, get perspective. Isaiah 51. I'm going to read this to you, and I'm going to read it out of the other one. Okay, so I, <laughs> Kevin and all his uh, text stuff and me and all my notes and all my paper. I'm very analog, as you can tell. But I want to read to you guys from Isaiah 51. And the slide is up there, but man, this is exciting stuff. Listen to me, my people. Hear my nation. Instruction will go out from me. My justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near speedily, and my salvation is on the way. My arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands, anybody catch that? We live on a barrier island. Yeah, yeah, see, this is applicable. Listen up. The islands will look to me and wait in hope for my arm. Lift up your eyes to heaven. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke and the earth will wear out like a garment and its inhabitants die like flies. But my salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never last fail. Hear me, you who know what is right. You people who have taken my instruction to heart, those of you who accepted Christ Jesus. This was to the children of Israel. We are joint heirs now with Christ under the new covenant. You people who have taken my instruction, do not fear the reproach of mere mortals or be terrified by their insults, for the moth will eat them up like the garment and the worm will devour them like wool, but my righteousness will last forever, my salvation throughout all generations. Look to heaven. This is the word of the Lord. In Psalm 25, or Psalm 42, verse 5, the psalmist is obviously dealing with depression. Depression is a huge part of my story. And despite how bubbly I may appear sometimes, I've struggled a lot with depression. And the closest thing I can compare it to, and I've heard many others who've struggled with it before, is like this feeling like you're drowning. It's like everything's coming on on you and there's no really good reason for it. But you just feel like everything's on top of you and you're drowning. And the psalmist is talking to himself and he's like, why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will. You guys say that with me. I will. I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. He was engaging in what therapists today would call call positive self-talk. All right? Sometimes we have to make a decision and decide to put our hope in the Lord. Sometimes we have to talk to ourselves Like, I don't know why I feel this way, but I will praise him. And that's just a little little snippet. I've often said I was born Baptist with Pentecostal blood. So I was raised in the Bible Belt in a very conservative Southern Baptist church. And if anybody got really excited in worship, amen, from the men only. And one time, one person raised their hand, might have been my mom, and the whole church looks, what's wrong with them? They got a question? So what I learned at first, I felt like the only way I could worship the Lord in worship was if I felt led by the Spirit to raise my hand. That was kind of how I thought that worked. Nothing wrong with that. You definitely will have times when you are led by the Spirit to do things like that. But something I learned in my early 20s was that I stepped out and I made a decision and I said, I will praise the Lord, not because I feel led to, but because he is my God and my Savior and my rock. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he has brought me out of the depths and the mire. So I will praise him. Let me just tell you, when I made a decision to praise him, the feelings came afterwards. Sometimes we have to just get perspective. Oh, I'm so excited. When all else fails, when all else fails, we can adopt the cry of the nation of Israel when they were faced with a large advancing army. 2 Chronicles 20:12. We have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do but our eyes are on you. We don't have to have the answers. We just need to know the one who does. Next, get dressed. All right, so get perspective, get dressed. There's a lot of things in the scripture where it tells us put off this, put on this, take off this, take on this. So there's a lot of great instruction about what to wear and what not to wear in the Bible. But the armor of God, of course, we could camp here for like weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. But let's look at this really quickly. Put on the whole armor of God. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6, and I like to read from the Amplified Classic without a lot of extra words, but it gives us a fuller understanding of the full meaning. So we're going to look at verses 10 through 17. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier, which God supplies. Put that in your mind for a second. That you may be able to successfully stand up against all the strategies and deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the depotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits, who are the world rulers of this present darkness." against the spirit forces of the wickedness in the heavenlies, through the, uh, therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger, and having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. And then he goes on to tell us to stand therefore with the belt of truth around our loins, to have the breastplate of righteousness, to put the gospel of peace on our feet, to walk in peace, to lift up over all, put on the helmet of salvation and lift up the saving faith as our shield and our covering, and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God, the one thing we have to fight with. We cannot fight with this if we do not know what's in here. We must know the Word This is the thing that we can lift up to fight with. So why do we put on the armor of God? So that we can stand. We want to be able to be bold and courageous. We must put on the word of God. We must be in the word of God. I want you to know that God never commands us to do something without giving us exactly what we need to do it. Did you notice that the Amplified expounded on that section and said, put on the whole armor, which God supplies? not go find it for yourself. God's going to give it to you. Now, I'm not too military savvy, so correct me here, Hugh, if I'm I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that when you go and you become part of our armed forces, they give you what you need to go into battle, right? You don't have to, like, bring your own gear and your own helmets and your own shoes and stuff, right? Right? I mean, I mean, they don't want your Nikes and your Chuck Taylors, Go right? I mean, seriously. They give you what's needed. You sign up, and they will equip you. You sign up, you say yes to Jesus, and you go on this crazy journey. But he will give you everything you need to stand firm. So next, get rooted. Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3. It tells us blessed is the one who does not walk in step with wicked or stand in the way of the sinners or take a seat in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. What's the next verse? Thank you. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do will prosper. What causes a person to be firmly planted? It's right there. Regularly reading the word of God. Regularly being in the word of God. In Psalm, he said, meditating on your truth day and night. That means reading your Bible a lot in our today terms, okay? That is what's going to help us be firmly planted, is knowing the word of God. Colossians 2, 6 through 7. And I love this in the Amplified. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, walk in union with him. I like to say you got saved, so act like it. Reflecting his character and the things you do and in all the things that you do and say, living lives that lead others away from sin, having been deeply rooted in him, and now being continually built up in him and becoming increasingly more established in your faith, just as you were taught, and overflowing in it with gratitude. So, let's talk for a second about being rooted. So, Jesus talked to us in Matthew about the sower. We know this, the seeds and the sower. And he talked about the first set of seeds, that they fall on this rocky soil or on the path that was trodden. They never took root. And as soon as the wind came and the birds came, whatever it was, it was gone. Okay, guys, I want to jump in here really quickly and just let you know that what you're about to hear coming up is when I did sort of an object lesson, but it's not going to translate quite as well on audio without the visual. If you want to see it, you can go to YouTube and you can find the actual video live recording of this uh, message that I gave, but just so you kind of understand what's going on. I'm going to pick up three different things to demonstrate faith and being rooted or lack thereof. So the first thing I pick up is an empty LaCroix can, just an empty can. The second thing I'm going to pick up is an empty can that is glued to a sheet of copy paper. And then the third thing that I pick up is an empty can that is glued to a thick piece of board. It is about two feet long and about Foot wide and it is probably about two inches at least thick. It's a huge piece of board, kind of like if you were gonna make a swing, like that type of wood that would be your seat that you would sit on, that's the type of board that I pull out that the third can is glued to. So that will give you a little bit of an idea of what we're talking about as we go into the rest of this message. This empty LaCroix can is kind of like, sorry. Kind of like the person who hears about Jesus, but never accepts him. It doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't grow any roots. And then, so easy to fall. Nothing really to stand on, no roots. So easy to be tossed around the second something changes, right? And then you've got your next seed that falls on this ground that is shallow, It gets excited, accepts Jesus, gets excited, but the roots don't go deep. They kind of spread out really fast and they spring up really quick. And so they have a little bit of a foundation, All right? They're not completely without, they're a little bit harder to knock over. But when things get really tough, a little static there, very easy for it to fall, right? So then finally, let's talk about the seed that got really rooted This seed fell on fertile ground. This seed sprang up, but the roots went down deep. And when the hard times came, this seed flourished. This thing's not going anywhere, right? Hard times. Still there though. So here's what I want you to to remember about this weird thing that I just did. I always have really weird things. I used to pray for creative parenting. My children have some of the weirdest phrases and memories of me, but it works. So what you need to understand about that, that I think is super, 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 super important. One who is firmly planted will still be weathered and knocked around by the trials of life. They may even bear those physical scars and wounds for the rest of their earthly days, but they will stand firm. Being firmly rooted in Christ, accepting Christ, does not for a second mean we will not weather those storms. Doesn't mean he's always just going to take us out of them. But he will give us what we need to stand firm. And we'll get knocked around too. But those deep roots will keep us firmly planted. All right. It is not about never having troubles. It's about being able to stand when we do. Not by our strength, but by his strength that comes from knowing the word and being assured of this. I love this. We're going to look at Ephesians in this version. Ephesians chapter 1. This is one of those. Mm. I get excited, guys. I want you to get excited. I want you to get excited. I want this to get down deep in you, and I want you to realize that these are promises, and this is power, okay? So here we go. 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know him better. I don't think anybody heard me because if you did, I mean, I'm, I'm old school, but I should hear some amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Or do your Jenny. Woo. That's my signature thing, right? Guys, the scripture is telling us that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of each and every one of us who have accepted Christ as Lord. That it. Thank you. Thank you. Do it again. Yay! Um, so that, that, is, that is power, guys. That is awesome. That is awesome. This is not me. You don't need some crazy, fired up, awkwardly passionate person to tell you these things, okay? I know. I make a lot of people uncomfortable. But you by yourself, on your own, can sit. I'm going to clean up a mess. Can sit with the word of God. And the Holy Spirit, if you have accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit is your great teacher. You just show up, and he will make the scripture come alive to you. And then you can have this fire, even if yours doesn't look quite as crazy as mine does. You can have this too. It's on the inside of you. It is for every single one of us who call Christ Lord. All right, get back up. Fourth and last point. It's not about never getting off course or ever tripping. It's about getting back up when we do. I love Ephesians 4.23, and in the Amplified Version, it says, be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. I love to tell my friends, my daughter, her friends, everybody that will listen, and a lot of people who don't, that it is not about never getting messed up. God knew our minds were going to get messed up or he would have never told us to be constantly renewed. He told us to be constantly renewed because he knew we'd be constantly getting messed up. You get that? It's about a tiny course correction all the time. It's about messing up, feeling him going, uh, 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 going Go into him, ask for forgiveness, receive his forgiveness, shake it off, and get back up. Okay? So, Proverbs twenty four sixteen says, Though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. It doesn't say the righteous never fall. It doesn't say the righteous might fall once and learn their lesson. It says, that though they fall seven times, which is kind of another way of saying, though they keep falling over and over and over again, they get back up. Whether it is their own mistake, or whether it is the giants that we're facing that cause us to fall They get back up. The godly man may trip him. This is what I want you to see. Yeah, so the message, I want to read this one to you. No matter how many times you trip them up, God-loyal people don't stay down long. Soon, they're up on their feet again. I like that. I like the way that sounds. All right, guys, so if all of this... I know for some of you are extremely introverted and you're like shaking right now. Sarah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, love, I love the peace. I love that we have friends who have so much more like calm peace than I do. And I know that sometimes people like me can get you on the edge of your seat and you're going to go take a nap. But, <laughs> but I want you to understand that if all of this leaves you feeling like you have a lot of work to do and you have so much getting the armor to do, And so many things to remember from what I've said this morning in order to be bold and courageous. I want you to take heart and know it is not all up to you. It is not all up to you. Philippians 2.13 says, for it is God, it is God who works in you to will and to act and to fulfill his good purpose. He gives us the Excitement. He gives us the initiative. He gives us the desire, and then he gives us the ability to act and do according to his good purpose. Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare. And from the deadly pestilence, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrows that fly by day. Just show up to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. That is just showing up, curling up in your daddy's lap, trusting that the almighty powerful God will wrap his strong arms around you and hold you firm. We just have to show up and dwell there, hang out for a while, right? Not go church on Sunday to check a box and then keep going. We've got to live what I like to call the intertwined life. Some of you know I have a podcast. It's called The Intertwined Life, shameless plug, and it's all about taking our walk with the Lord in our everyday life and having them seamlessly intertwined. So I don't know if this will work or not, but episode 49, if you take your phone and you pull up your camera, that would take you to that episode. Episode 49 is an episode I did recently all about how to grow in our faith simply by showing up. So it goes a little bit deeper into that topic. Okay, if the worship team wants to go in and start heading back up, I'll try to get all my stuff out of your way. Um, I want to leave you guys with this incredible passage from Isaiah 41. I'm going to read verse 10, and then I'm going to go to verse 13. Some of my favorite Isaiah 41:10. Fear not; there is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of righteousness and justice. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. I am the Lord who says to you, Fear not, I will help you. Lord God, I just thank you so much that your word is so powerful and it is so true and it is so exciting. And God, I know if we just show up, you are the one who makes it make sense to us. You're the one who makes it get down deep inside of us. And then when we don't feel it, you tell us that those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. And sometimes all we can do is sit there and say, God, I'm waiting. I don't feel a thing, but your word tells me that if I will rest in you, then I will renew my strength. So I'm here. And God, I went through seasons like that. Lord, I went through long seasons like that. But I know what your word says. And God, there's so much power and so much truth in your scripture. And it is for each and every one of us. And you've given us this. And we have this privilege to have it all in one book that we can carry around. We probably have multiple copies and it's on our phone. And God, we are never more than a click away from powerful promise. From knowing that you are in control from knowing we don't have to do this alone, from knowing that we don't have to figure any of this out. God, help us to just show up. Lord, create in our hearts a desire to be in your word, a desire to crave and seek after the things of you, to know what is ours as joint heirs of Christ, and then to walk in that, to stand on the promises of your word of who you are. God, if there's anyone here who maybe they accepted you, but they never really went any further on that journey, that's okay. It's okay. But we can start today. And it doesn't have to look complicated. It doesn't have to be confusing. It doesn't have to be a big plan. Just show up. God, I pray for anyone here today who says, yes, I accepted Jesus. Maybe even, yes, I've even been baptized to show the world that I accept Jesus, but I don't feel like it's a part of my everyday life. God, I pray that they will just show up, that they will just have an open dialogue with you, that you will speak to their hearts, that you will draw them to yourself because it is you who works in us to will and to do according to your good pleasure, that they will just come however they are and trust that you will light that fire in them. And Lord, for anyone who maybe they've never put their faith in Jesus, maybe they're like that first can They've heard it, but they never really got any roots because they never really accepted it. And God, if they're here, but they still have questions, let them know I still have questions. God, we're never going to understand everything this side of glory, but that's what faith is all about. Lord, and that's why you say it takes faith to please you. God, so if there's anyone here this morning who has never accepted Jesus, who has never believed that he is your son, that he died on the cross to pay for our sins, in a way that we never could because we could never be perfect and then he rose and he gave us his righteousness so that we could stand united with you if there's anyone here today and that has never been the confession of your heart i hope that right now you'll just take a minute in whatever words fit for you and just say yes lord lord i don't understand everything i don't get everything but i know that i know that i know that jesus is real that he is your son he died for me and I want to live for him. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for this church. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunities to stand on what we know regardless of how we feel. Amen. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed that, and I look forward to sinking back up with you soon. I'm going to take the rest of July off, make some awesome family memories, and I will be back in August with some great episodes, some Powerful encouragement and some incredible interviews. All right, have a great summer, guys. Hey, friend, if you enjoyed this episode and you got some good stuff out of it, there's a few options you have. One, you could click that little subscribe button, because let's be honest, who's got time to remember to? Th- check back and see if there's a new episode right so click that subscribe button and then when a new episode comes up it will just by the magic of the internet pop up in your dropbox and it'll be right there for you whenever you're ready and also if you would review this podcast oh my gosh, if you like what you heard, get on there, give it a five-star review. If you didn't like what you heard, just pretend it never happened, okay? (laughs) But if you would do um, a review for me, just take a couple seconds and do that. Not only would I be crazy excited, but also it would just be a great way for us to partner together for you to help this podcast be seen by more women out there, and you could be a part of helping more women discover these practical ways to apply God's Word to just everyday stuff. So I would love it, love it, love it if you could help me out in one of those two ways.